Don't call it a preview, but we're moving right along with our in-depth look at high school soccer around the state of Montana, right here on Soccer and Snow and Smoke, the soccer podcast from ESPN Missoula. I'm Andrew Houghton. Dropped an episode yesterday all about boys soccer around the Treasure State. Today we're looking at the girls. I'll be joined by Sentinel head girls coach Dan Lockridge to look at the Western AA Conference. Bozeman head coach Erica Cannon, one of the longest tenured head coaches in the state in any sport, joins me to give some insight on the Eastern AA Conference. And then Roland Benedict from up in Whitefish will join me to look at Class A. As we're finishing up this extravaganza of high school soccer here on Soccer and Snow and Smoke. And remember, if you didn't catch it, you can find our boys' high school soccer season preview, which was released just a day ago, by searching Soccer and Snow and Smoke on all your podcast platforms. But I want to thank all the coaches from around the state who took the time to give me a call, sit, talk, share their insight. So a big thank you out to Jay Anderson at Hellgate, Luke Ashmore at Billings West, O'Brien Bird at Columbia Falls, and as I've mentioned in this one, a big thank you to Dan Lockridge at Sentinel, Erica Cannon at Bozeman, and Roland Benedict at Whitefish. Couldn't have done it without you guys. Soccer and Snow and Smoke is brought to you in part by Zootown Sports Cards, Missoula's hub for all things sports cards and collectibles. This week's Soccer Card Spotlight focuses on the top stadium club 2021-2022 Champions League set, which they've got a nice new box of down there at Zootown Sports Cards, 2100 Stevens Avenue in the Stevens Center. The draw of the stadium club set is the photography. It's all photography from down on the field level. Really bright, sharp images, full card photography. Awesome action shots. It's a little bit different from a lot of other sets that you'll see because the focus really is on the photos. There's not a lot else going on on the front of these cards, and it makes for a really unique and arresting product. I went down to Zootown Sports Cards to rip a couple packs of that set, and woo boy, did we ever hit the jackpot. And one of those packs pulled a gorgeous orange refractor autograph of the new Borussia Dortmund starlet Kareem Adeyemi. He's allegedly the Erling Holland replacement up there at Dortmund, so if he hits in the way that Erling Holland did, that's going to be quite a nice pull. In the same pack, we also hit a very cool-looking refractor of Luis Muriel, the Atalanta forward. Tops can do all kinds of cool things with those refractors, so this one's like a green lightning look. It's, it's really cool. It's a really sweet look on the card. That one limited to just 199 copies. So again, that's the 21-22 UEFA Champions League Top Stadium Club Chrome at Zootown Sports Cards. I'll send you a little bit of my luck from that pack. If you want to go up there, talk to Hillary and Jason at Zootown Sports Cards. Grab a couple packs of that for yourself. Zootown Sports Cards also has the biggest sports card and collectible show in Montana, returning to the Doubletree in downtown Missoula, Saturday, September 17th, from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. there at the Doubletree. I've heard they're sold out for vendors, so it's going to be packed. I've heard they've got at least a couple people that'll be there displaying and selling soccer cards. So that sounds like a great experience there again, September 17th, 10 a.m. at the Doubletree in downtown Missoula. So thankful to Zootown Sports Cards for their continued support of soccer and snow and smoke. We'll lead off this high school girls state soccer preview with Dan Lockridge of the Sentinel Spartans. <laughs> And joining us now as we continue our look at the high school soccer scene around the state, we're not calling it a preview because the games have already started, but that is the spirit of what we're doing this week on Soccer and Snow and Smoke. Joining us now to talk a little Western AA girls, it's Sentinel head coach Dan Lockridge going into his 16th year coaching up there at Sentinel. So Dan, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk with me today. 
Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been a while since we talked. I know we talked last fall, but how have you been, man? How's your summer? Uh, how are you doing going into the season? Coming in refreshed, batteries full, had a great summer, got out on the river a whole bunch and uh, did a lot of mountain biking. It's been a fun Montana summer for sure. Yeah, it sounds like you were taking advantage of all the fun stuff you can do around here in Missoula. Let's talk a little bit about your team to start, the Sentinel Spartans, going into the season. How are you feeling going into the season? What's the uh, what's the mood around the team? You know, we had a rough couple of first games so far across towns. We drew with Big Sky last Thursday, and then we lost to Hellgate on Saturday. We had a couple big injuries. We had Cassidy Kurgan, who's a D1 commit already, uh, our goalkeeper, and she really is a kind of a big part of the team, regardless of the fact that she's just as good as she is. She's a huge person, personality on the team, and not having her on the field with us is is been a big loss, but we also are lucky that we are one of the few girls squads around that actually has a solid backup goalkeeper in Sierra Lowry. So um, Cass dislocated her elbow, so she's going to be out for anywhere from four to six weeks from when it happened. And we'll be looking forward to her coming back in, but we are really lucky that we got a good deputy in there in Sierra Lowry. And then we also had a big kind of hit to our squad Haley Wolski, who was, um, she, I think she was tied for number of goals scored, leading goal scorer in the state last year, um, tore her quad right off the bat during her softball season this spring, um, or this winter, or this summer, I guess. And so she's out for anywhere from six to 10 weeks from when that happened. So that would put her back late season if it's the full 10 weeks and mid-season if it's six weeks so you know those are two big hits one in the front of the field and one at the back and um we're feeling feeling like we still are are learning who we are again without those two being on there I mean Cassidy's been starting for us since she was a freshman and Haley came in the second half of her freshman year and turned into a starter and has started and played every game since so it's it's uh it's a new identity for us and we're trying to figure it out but luckily we've got lots of good players that can fill in those roles Emily Winters is doing her best job at trying to fill in Haley Wolski's shoes up front and she had a goal this weekend against Hellgate so that was a good confidence builder and we got a good solid junior class filling in there as well. So we're we're feeling uh, cautiously optimistic in the upcoming games if we can figure ourselves out a little bit. Yeah, well, it's always tough to fill in when you have injuries, especially two players who are big on your team. But coming into the season, was this a season where you were going to have to replace a lot of players anyway coming in from last year? Or was it one where you had, uh, you know, you were pretty confident in what you had coming back? You know, we were pretty confident in what we had coming back. We lost Faith Marshall in our midfield last year, but we felt that some with some young up-and-comers, a couple freshmen that we had last year and a sophomore last year that would be juniors and sophomores this year, that we would be well, you know, we, we would still be doing pretty well in the middle of the park. Uh, our back line, we lost Aiden Ort out of the back, but we felt that we'd be able to replace those spots with some good quality from some underclassmen. And then that's, um, those are the, you know, two big seniors. And we had a couple other seniors that also graduated, played some significant minutes, but um, we felt that we were going to be in a good spot to at least come back as strong, if not stronger this year. And, um, and then with those two big injuries, it, it just sets us back a little bit, but I think we can do it. 
Dan Lockridge, head coach of the uh, Sentinel Girls Soccer Team, joining me, Andrew Houghton, to talk a little Western AA girls soccer. Sounds like the Spartans struggling a little bit with some injuries over there to start the season. Dan, we've talked about this before, but tell me a little bit more just about your team and what you guys are trying to do out there, the way that you like to play, the system that you like to coach, what people should expect when they're watching, you know, the Sentinel girls play. You know, we like to press high. We like to um, make sure that we play high tempo, whether that's just passing the ball as quick as we can through the midfield and keeping possession or whether that's going to be exploiting space on the backside of the defense and try and play smart soccer in terms of not just doing the same thing over and over again, but reading the field and seeing what's out there for us to be able to um, play the right balls at the right times that are going to be the most dangerous for us to get in and score. Um, Yeah, I guess that's kind of how we play. Talking a little bit here about some of the other teams in this part of the state, you've gotten a look at both Hellgate and Big Sky this weekend. What did you see from the uh, from the crosstown rivals? Well, Big Sky was much better than we thought they were going to be. They had a very good incoming freshman class, which included Avery DeCoit. Um, she is a phenomenal. She had both assists on their two goals against us last Thursday. Um, she's really hard to to handle. She runs at you. She's got skill coming out her ears, and she's very very competitive. So. That um, they were much stronger than we thought they were going to be. They also had Avery Larson in their back, and she is just a stud uh, defender for them. And they were both freshmen coming in. Um, and then Hellgate, we knew that their goalkeeper from last year was going to be in Germany for the year, and so that was going to be one of their weak spots. And we tried to exploit that as much as possible. And I think maybe we. we overused that strategy and it kind of backfired against us. So we, um, we saw a solid midfield from Hellgate and then Carmen Anderson, who was the other player that was tied with Haley Wolski last year for being the state leading goal scorer. Um, she is a force and she comes back and helps out her midfield a ton, plays really a false nine kind of position and does, does it incredibly well. And she, uh, just as a team, they're extremely well coached. They do not let much through. They're just stacked up the middle in terms of where they put their strongest players. And it was really hard to get in behind them. Uh, Chloe Larson, who is their center back, was outstanding on the on the day on Saturday morning. She was phenomenal. So, um they're they're solid. We haven't seen Helena High yet. I know they graduated a ton of players, but they're also bringing back three girls that were sophomores last year, or maybe sophomores and freshmen that are going to be juniors and sophomores this year. Um, Avery Kraft and the Todorovich sisters, who are just so fast track athletes. Um, and so that's enough to build a team around. And then you take the fact that Helena High is just perennially strong. You know that they're going to be good as well. And then. Uh, I think that Helena Capital maybe graduated their two best players, but I think they only graduated two players, so they're going to be bringing back a lot of experience. And Glacier was young last year. Their best players are still here. Flathead, I heard they have a new coach, so who am I missing? Uh, Butte, you know, they're always they're always struggling. 
out there, but they usually struggle putting up a pretty good fight. So hopefully that's the same situation this year for them, that they at least come out working hard and trying hard. Yeah, it's going to be a tight one at the top for sure. Nobody knows who it's going to be. We were hoping to kind of run away with it when we had Wolski and Kurgan, and, and now it's a different kind of season for us shaping up on the first half anyway. So we're hoping to get a big boost when those two get back. Well, there you go. It's a great analysis of the Western AA girls soccer landscape and how that's supposed to be shaping up this year from Sentinel coach Dan Lockridge. Dan, thank you so much again for your time and for the great insight. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. From the west to the east, now we're catching up with Bozeman girls head soccer coach Erica Cannon to take a look at the Eastern AA Conference landscape this year. Both participants in last year's state championship game did come out of the east in girls soccer in Class AA, with Billings West taking a thrilling 1-0 win over Bozeman Gallatin. Both of those teams coming back strong this year, as well as Erica's own Bozeman Hawks. Soccer and Snow and Smoke is brought to you in part by Blackfoot Communications, your local community internet and communications provider. Blackfoot Communications, such a huge part of the Missoula community, the official digital sponsors of Grizz Athletics. They help bring you plenty of our content here at ESPN Missoula, including the Montana football and basketball hours on Nuanez Now. And now I'm so grateful to have them as a sponsor with Soccer and Snow and Smoke. Whatever your internet and communication needs, whether that's business, personal, you can rely on Blackfoot Communications using the latest technology to keep people reliably connected. Blackfoot Communications, where they believe that strong connections matter. Here's Erica Cannon of Bozeman High on the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast. Joining me now as we continue our look at the high school soccer landscape around the state of Montana, it's Bozeman girls coach Erica Cannon going into her 27th year coaching the Hawks over there in Bozeman. Joining me for a little look at the Eastern AA girls, what's going on in that part of the state. Erica, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time and uh, taking the time to share some of your insight today. You bet. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and I just want to start. I mean, you guys uh, kicked off your season last night. I'm recording this on Friday, August 26th. Kicked off your season last night with the 6-0 win over Belgrade. What's it been like going into this season? What's sort of the feel around your team going into this season? Yeah, I think it's a, a bit of a rebuilding season for us. We graduated 10 seniors last last year, and uh, so we're just kind of forming and trying to create some team cohesion and um, kind of get used to the players kind of understanding each other's strengths and um, hopefully being able to to play to those strengths. For sure, and that has to have been a process that you've gone through multiple times. I mean, in 27 years, there's always the ebbs and flows in high school sports. You know, you've got a great group of kids coming through, and then they all graduate, and you sort of have to start again. What's your philosophy for going through a period like that and and trying to get things started again? Yeah, it's been, I think, almost every year we've had pretty big um, graduating classes. There's only been a couple where we've had only a few um, small senior classes graduating. So it's definitely a process. And I think Gallatin starting up, I think it's probably going to dissipate where our classes maybe aren't going to be quite as large going forward, but it, it just ebbs and flows, like you said. I guess the process is just 
jump right in. I mean, obviously we have a little bit of summertime where we can, where we can uh, train the players and then the season just starts right off. You know, we don't have a lot of, I think we only had 11 days before our first match. So it's uh, not a lot of um, practice time to get, get the players up to speed. Uh, So I think the season just kind of rolls right in and you hope you can adjust as you go. No doubt. Tell me a little bit more about what you've done at Bozeman there over the years and sort of what your program's about, what kind of style you like to play, um, what people should expect from your teams. Um, I always like to think that we play a really uh, a strong finesse style of soccer, um, obviously still still having to deal with the physicality of the game, but um, I, I like to think that we play a dynamic style that um, emphasizes attacking while um, staying um, playing kind of a smart, compact defense and and ready to to counter when when needed. It's Erica Cannon who's going into her 27th year as the head coach of the Bozeman girls soccer team. Joining me, Andrew Houghton, for a little look on soccer and snow and smoke. Some of the Eastern AA teams over there. And Erica, let's just go there. I mean, you guys have a lot of great talent over in that side of the state. You guys are playing Billings West this weekend. That game will have already happened by the time this gets published. But the Golden Bears coming off a state title last year. What are you expecting from some of the other teams on that side of the state this year? Yeah, I mean, I think West, I mean, they graduated some players too, but they still have a a strong core coming back. And I think they have some young players coming in that will, will be really dangerous. Uh, Gallatin, um, of course is going to give us, give us a hard time and give everybody kind of a run for their money. I think they've been, um, really well coached and they play, uh, a really nice style of soccer. So it's going to be, it's going to be a battle, I think, between those schools. And then, um, both Billing Senior and Billing Skyview always give us a hard time, and then the Great Falls schools are are right behind, I think, and then uh, Belgrade is right in the mix with the Great Falls schools. So I think it'll be, it's going to be an exciting uh, Eastern Conference. Yeah, you know, Bozeman Gallatin coming in. I mean, that's the new high school in the state at the Class AA level, but it leads to sort of some interesting topics. I mean, what have you seen in sort of the rise of soccer in all your years sort of on that side of the state in Billings, you know, maybe in Bozeman a little bit as well. Yeah. Gosh, the first uh, year I coached, I think that billing, the billing schools just got soccer. So they didn't even have soccer the first year I, I coached. So I've seen quite a, quite a, um, an improvement in the Billings, billing schools. So, um, that's been really cool. Um, I think, you know, Eastern soccer, I think the strength probably was more on the West when I first started coaching. And it, I think it's uh, it's evened out quite a bit. I think it just ebbs and flows again, just sort of depending. But I think the Eastern Conference has been really strong in the past few years, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's Erica Cannon, the head coach of the Bozeman girls soccer team, joining us to talk and break down a little bit of the Eastern AA girls scene this year. Erica, you talked about your team being really young this year, but are there players who you're expecting to step up, um, who you're expecting to depend on, who you've seen really um, good things from this fall going into the season? 
Yeah, I mean, um, we have a couple uh, returners. We have uh, Ursula Vlasis. She's a senior this year. She's playing uh, in the midfield for us, maybe a little bit of forward. She's just a super strong player. She was all-conference last year. And then we have Inga Trebesh, who's also midfielder, forward type that likes to get into the attack. And she's uh, a junior returner, all-conference also, and uh, both of those players are going to really lead us in in our attack. Um, and then we've got some youngsters coming up that I think are really going to um, show well with them. Um, in the back line, I think we've got a lot more. We, we're definitely reforming. We lost, um, I think, three starting backs, but we, I think, have maybe a teeny bit more speed than we've had in the past in the back line, and I think that's going to help us a lot. Do you know any of the other players sort of in the in the region, in the conference, who you're going to be watching out oh, for? Yeah, I mean, uh, Bozen Gallatin has Olivia uh, Collins, who's Gatorade uh, Player of the Year last year. So she's obviously, she's a senior. Um, everybody's going to be looking to her. Uh, West has, um, I think it's Mary Spear, um, really good strong forward that we'll uh, be looking out for, I'm sure. And and they just have a really um, nice style of play, core group of players that are coming back. So those are the ones that stand out to me. I think Billing Senior has um, – oh, I can't think of her name right now. Um, her sister is going to Missoula, just a speedy forward that will probably um, jump into her sister's shoes, I think, so – We'll be watching for her, too. It's Eric Cannon from the Bozeman High girls soccer team giving us a little insight on how to expect that Eastern AA conference to shape up this year. Defending state champion Billings West, of course, from over there. Bozeman Gallatin, a, a young high school with the team on the rise. And, of course, Erica's Bozeman Hawks over there as well. Coach, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your insight and knowledge. You bet. Thanks again for having me. Getting close to the end here of our high school soccer deep dive at Soccer and Snow and Smoke. Joining me to talk girls class A soccer in the state of Montana is Whitefish head coach Roland Benedict. Plenty of interesting storylines going on this season in class A. Roland's got a pretty good team up there in the flathead. So do a couple other coaches on this side of the state. But the real action last year at the Class A level was over in the East, where Laurel beat Billings Central in the state title game. This year, Laurel's star forward Maya Mack has the state scoring record in her sights. We'll talk all that and more with Whitefish Girls head coach Roland Benedict to finish up this episode of Soccer and Snow and Smoke. Soccer and Snow and Smoke is brought to you in part by Camby Taphouse. Camby's Tap House down on South Higgins, one of their two locations here in Missoula, is the perfect pre- and post-game spot if you're going down to South Campus Stadium to watch the defending Big Sky Conference champion Montana Grizzlies. The Grizz still struggling a little bit early in the season, looking for their first win this weekend, but they've played well against some really good competition. Can't recommend enough getting down to South Campus Stadium to watch a game, and if you do, stop by the Camby Tap House location right down there on South Higgins, across the street from the field. Camby's got a great curated selection of beers and wines to go with a spectacular food menu. You can't go wrong with a meal or maybe just a pre- or post-game beer at Camby Tap House. Make sure to check out their other location as well over in the Sawmill District. Whitefish Girls Soccer Head Coach Roland Benedict to wrap up this episode of Soccer and Snow and Smoke. (laughs) 
And as we continue our look at high school soccer across the state of Montana, heading into this fall 2022 season, joining me now is Roland Benedict, who's heading into his eighth season as the head coach of the Whitefish Girls. Uh, here joining me to look at the Class A girls landscape across the state of Montana. Roland, first of all, man, thank you for taking the time and, and thank you for sharing your insight today. My pleasure, Andrew. It's actually uh, it's a welcome surprise. I didn't know this was happening, this podcast, but it's uh, it's an exciting. I think it's great that people are eager and are willing to um, to listen and learn. And, uh, you know, the landscape in, in the state is ever changing. And I think it's completely different from double A AA to single A. And so a little bit of insight, I'd be more than happy to give and share as much knowledge and info as uh, as I can. Well, let's start with your team up in Whitefish. What's the summer been like? Who do you have coming back, and, and what are your expectations for this year? Uh, summer's been summer's been amazing. I mean, it's full. You know, we we're up here at the at the resort area, Glacier National Park. We got the ski hill and lots of lakes and reservoirs, and so kids are really busy and active. But we have a we have a pretty dedicated group. So they come out and train. We train two two times a a week all summer long between June and July. And then we uh, start training in the in the in the fall, and the group looks great. I mean, we graduated ten seniors, eight of which played. Two of them blew their knees out in spring, so that was unfortunate for those uh, two gals. But we had six starters graduate. Two of them are playing at the collegiate level currently, um, and yeah, it's a big. We're going to have some personality gaps, some big personalities and talent that have been pretty much starters since they were freshmen or gone. And uh, we were incredibly deep last year. So the exciting thing is there's a lot of players that definitely could have played or started for most teams in the state, and they didn't quite make it into our team consistently enough. Uh, So we'll have some very experienced players that not many people have heard about. um, And we'll be, you know, we're going to be a threat. We've, we've um, pretty much, I think we've made the semifinals every year, at least every year that I've been the head coach uh, with a couple state finals in there as well. So we're expecting to compete and try and get uh, a good run into the playoff uh, structure this year. Well, how do you manage that? And it sounds like, you know, you have some experienced players coming back, but it sounds like you lost maybe a lot of leadership from last year. Do you push players to fill those holes or do you just wait and sort of see what happens and, and who takes over those leadership roles kind of organically? Um, a little bit of both. I think what's interesting about our program, Andrew, is that I found out very early on that players would check out once selections were made. So once we, once we broke the team into varsity and junior varsity, girls would kind of check out. Like, I'm a JV player. I'm not playing on varsity. And this is dumb because they had this stipulation in school, right? I'm a varsity athlete. Right? I play for the varsity team. And it was a status figure. And so they felt undervalued if they were on JV, and which is not the case. And we didn't run our program that way, but that's just the wording and the stipulation that was attached. And so what we did, because of my background uh, playing at a professional level, uh, at the top level, you have a first team and you have your reserves. And your reserves are development players that train with your first team that are in reserve to play if somebody gets injured if they fall out of form, if they're not playing or exceeding for the right reasons against a certain opponent, you have your reserve team to pull from. And so we made that transition about, I think, three or four years ago 
and it's been a huge difference. So we train, we have 31 players in our program this year across our first team and reserves, and we train as one program. So they train together. So we have 31 players that practice every, uh, every session, and they train as one unit. So when you lose eight seniors and you have this gap from, if you had a varsity junior varsity structure, those players wouldn't be as prepared to step up and fill in. When you play in a first team and reserve structure and you train as one group, those reserve girls are the girls that are not in the starting 11 for the first team. They've been training shoulder to shoulder. They've been training in that environment since they've been freshmen. So to step up, they already know how to accomplish all of the tactical roles, all the responsibilities they have for the position or the role that they're playing. But it's not a big leap. They're not brand new. They've not missed out on my coaching or know the expectations that I have. It's all seamless. So you wait for them to see who has the personality to fill those maybe more leadership roles on the field. Uh, but it happens really quick. Uh, and they're kind of excited, you know, Hey, get those girls out of here. I want this to be my team. Now the junior and senior, like this is our team. We get to create the environment. We get to create the expectations for our group and, and lead us forward. So yes, I pick on, I kind of help put players in certain roles that'll, uh, highlight those personality traits, but it kind of works out organically and they'll step up and uh, take ownership of the team. Very interesting. Tell me a little bit more about what we should expect your team to look like this year, both in terms of the girls you're expecting to step up, the players that we should be watching, and also what you're trying to do on the field, what your team's going to look like. Yeah, so we, uh, we've got players coming back that are going to be massive leaders for us. We have two All-State players coming back, Brooke Roberts and uh, Isabel Cook. Um, Isabel's been starting for us since she was a freshman. Freshman, She's a very talented, talented player. Uh, Brooke will be a senior. Isabel will be a junior this year. Uh, so expecting big things and leadership and tempo setting from them. Uh, then you have another senior, Maddie Molfeld. She, we call her Mabs. She is, uh, she's going to be a dark horse. Uh, people won't be ready for it. I mean, she started our state semifinal, but she just won the starting job at the end of last season uh, from a, se a senior last year, Sophie Olson, who had been all state since she was a sophomore. So uh, she really had started to blossom last year in that role and understanding it. And this year uh, it's excelled even more. And we have a few more first team all conference players, Olivia Genovese, uh, that's coming back. That's going to give us a bit of a, a new look going forward. Um, but we're going to be dynamic. We're going to attack opponents, uh, try and dominate possession, control the tempo of the game in possession of the ball, out of possession. Um, yeah, we, uh, we play, you know, last year was, I think the second year we started playing in a back three setup. Uh, and we'll continue that this year as well. But obviously can't give too much away, Andrew. I don't know who's listening to this. Can't give all the secrets away of how we're playing. But, um, yeah, we divide the field into 15 different zones and really get after um, how to attack opponents, their structure, their tactical setup, uh, and give ourselves the best chance to uh, get results. Well, we hope a lot of people are going to be listening to it, uh, but appreciate <laughs> yeah, the not giving away any secrets. It's Roland Benedict uh, going into his eighth season as the head coach of the Whitefish Girls up there in the Flathead, joining us for a little bit of uh, talk about the Class A landscape this year. And Roland, let's go there. I mean, what do you think is going to be the Class A girls' landscape this year? Who are the teams that you're watching out for? 
Well, I mean, every year recently, it's been kind of us, Billing Central and Laurel. Uh, Columbia Falls has been pushing for the last couple of years to some of the players that they had. I believe that Sea Falls will be a little bit more of in a rebuilding season uh, because of the talent that they lost, but they'll just be young. They're going to have great players. They'll just be uh, youthful. Uh, Billings, I'm pretty sure, didn't lose a lot of seniors. So, you know, they'll be they'll be up there competing for a state title and a push for that championship. And then Laurel as well. You know, Maya Mack uh, scored 43 goals last year, which is a state record. Um, they kind of just put everyone to the sword. And uh, there she came back. She's a junior, I think, or a senior this year. So they're going to be talented. Laurel and Billings will be the competition. Park's always a tough play. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be, you know, and everyone, I think, the great thing is that everyone in the state is developing talent and developing styles of play in the South with Hamilton and Corvallis. And you can recognize those teams playing and teams in our conference as well, the, the club environments um, and kudos to those coaches and directors and uh, they're, they're developing players. And so it's becoming harder and harder and harder to consistently um consistently be successful in the state but yeah we always have one eye on billings and laurel and uh, see how their results are panning out and compared to us no doubt and laurel is coming off the state championship from a year ago maya mack i believe has the all-class state scoring record in her sights this year what is it about her that makes her such a dangerous player you know, she's obviously – I had the privilege of uh, coaching her older sister, Morgan, at an ODP event uh, a couple years ago. Um, the Mac girls as players are very tenacious, uh, very aggressive, and have been in the game for a long time. Uh, their dad played and has been their coach for a while. I think the biggest thing, though, and, uh, is that that team is designed to provide her service. Um they don't, and they don't, and she's talented and physical and strong and knows how to score and has a has a nose and an eye to get goals. And so, they create opportunities for her to create chances and create chances to score and and get goals for them and win games. Um, that's no secret, and because it's no secret, people, I think, try and take. We didn't get to play them last year, so which I was kind of bummed about, but uh, they're very. You know, they're very built like, hey, let's get Maya chances and get her opportunities to score goals, and she's putting them in the back of the net. So her tenacious work rate, um, eagerness, physicality is a rarity in single A, and uh, the team's structured to get her chances. And when she gets chances, she uh, she scores. So something that we'll be working on and, and be preparing for if we get the opportunity to uh, play them this year. Roland Benedict of the Whitefish Girls Soccer Program. Joining us for a little look at the Class A landscape this year, Maya Max obviously the big name, but are there other players across the state who you know you're going to have to be watching out for, who you know are, are sort of that, that top class of player? Gosh, Andrew, I knew you were going to ask me this. I don't have any of my rosters in front of me. Um, but, yes, there is a player that plays. She's coming back for uh, Billings Central that is incredibly talented. She scored a goal against us in the state semifinal outside the box, uh, which is just a fantastic next-level finish uh, to the top corner. Uh, she's an exceptional player, and if I keep talking about her, I might remember her name. We always, I always key on her when we play them. Very, very talented. Um, outside of that, 
there's, uh, you know, there's some girls from Sea Falls. There's a couple girls uh, at Polson that have progressed uh, along the way. Parks always got talent. They always have athletic, hardworking uh, players and athletes. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's the big, the big thing is preparing for those, those Laurel and Billings games and highlighting those players that are finding the back of the net, checking those scoring charts. Um, but I necessarily don't look Andrew at the, the one individual, right? Most of the time in single A, each team is going to have one player that is that, that talent, right? That leader of the team. I like to look at where are the other goals coming from? Where are there other threats in that group? Because everyone will know that Maya Max is going to score. Everyone knows where the goals will come from. But if we can eliminate some of the creativity going into those players, those threats, uh, that's where you can start to maybe control the game. So I key on uh, team play. I key on um, some of the, the tactical structure of the other teams to help us prepare. And uh, there's teams like Park. I don't think they had a leading goal scorer last year in the, in the charts, but they were very hard for us to play against. And, you know, we beat them 1-0, but they were incredibly difficult. And that's, I think that's what we key on the most as a program. Um, the other thing, that Whitefish has been a successful a successful program for a long time. And when I came in, they had multiple state titles to their name. And so part of my job is, you know, making sure people have to prepare uh, tactically for us. Uh, and they, uh, you know, try not to look over our shoulder too much, but, uh, you know, look, let people chase us down a little bit as well. It's great insight from Roland Benedict, who's the head coach of the Whitefish Girls Soccer Program up there in the Flathead giving us a little look at what he expects from the Class A girls' landscape this year. Whitefish coming off a semifinal appearance from a year ago uh, when Laurel beat Billings Central in the state championship game. Roland, man, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being so open and, and sharing what you know. My pleasure, Andrew. Thanks for having me.